Is it fine? Yeah. No, mommy okay. was done her magic. All right. <coughs> when it was facing you, it was not as bright as when it was. But now you're dark this side. Okay. It's what I can work with. No problem. Mm. Yeah. No problem. Thank you, boy, madam producer. I want you just look at that small clip and see. No, no, no. It's, it's, no, it's fine. It's fine. Okay. We I need tr- stories when the, when this when this podcast blows up. And we need one, to be able to two, say. two, three. Let's start. Uh, episode uh, number <laughs> forty-eight. <laughs> Number 48. Yeah. You've reached 48. Consistency, bro. Consistency is the key. Fucking hell, bro. 48. Yeah, but I'm almost hitting 50. Damn, man. But that's... we've even done more because I'm not even counting the live streams. Eh? Mm. Oh. I think yo. this must be episode 60. Okay. Yo. The Kisiangani pod, episode 50, 60, 70. No one knows. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's do this, man. Yeah. All right, guys, welcome to a special edition of the Kissing Annie podcast. Yep. Today we've got in a big fish in the building. Is it? Guyver, <laughs> huh? AK Dance. Yeah, yeah. What's Karibu up, bro? Sana, my brother. Thank you very much. Yeah, it's been a minute since we started planning on you coming for this pod, bro. Yeah, yeah. Hmm? I think you're the, you're the, you're, you're one of the, maybe, you're the only person who has, oh, you're two now, the only people who have refused to change my name. You still call me AK Dance. What, what do you call yourself? So, uh, when I met you, you were AK Dance. Yeah, yeah, I was, I was. I can't, no problem. So I, guys I, I don't call mind, you a, a cow jumbo. Yeah, people call me a cow jumbo. And when, when people call, there are people who know me from like way back and everything. Uh. Whenever they call me AK Dance, I, I I don't really mind. It's uh. just, yeah. So AK Dance was pre a cow jumbo, right? Yes, it was pre a cow jumbo. So if but, someone calls you AK Dance, you know you've known this guy for a while, right? Uh, yeah, I know this guy is like, has known me for at least five uh. years or something uh. like that. Where did AK Dance come from? Um, so my full names are Akau Daniel Jumbo oh, okay. So AK Dance is like AK from the Akau and then Dance from the Daniel and all that. You know, know all those, uh, Daniel, those cool kid things and everything. Yeah, there's nothing cool about Daniel though. Uh, I've never met a Sudanese called Daniel. <laughs> First one, you guy. Daniel in the lion's <laughs> den, you guy. Yeah. So did you, you did you intentionally just flip it to Akau Jumbo? In- yes, intentionally I did. For a very long time, I was I I, I was. Uh, contemplating on doing why because it's African names or what's the uh, no it's uh, I mean to some degree you know you need more than one reason but to some degree that contributes to it but the thing is uh, I realized that the the craft that I'm I'm, I'm doing is a very very natural craft uh-huh. it's a it's a very like intimate natural and a connecting point craft mm, mm. it's a craft that can be affected by you you, you don't often see stand-up comedians on stage with shades yeah. It's it's not if they're there it's very few but there's a struggle. Unless it's that one liner guy. You yeah. remember that guy? What oh yeah. yeah. Um well, what is his name you guy. Yeah? yeah, yeah, I'm forgetting the name he as died. well. Yeah, something like that. But yeah, Mitch, like, like Mitch this. Mitch Henberg. I think so. Yeah. yeah something yeah. something around that. Yeah. But like there's, there's there's a connection between you and the audience. Like they, you need, you need to know they need to know you personally. They need to f- know who you are so nicknames are usually a str- they create a, a disconnection mm. um very very few comedians of course have made it up with nicknames and everything like mm. star basket mouth uh, nigerians do a lot of nicknames yeah. and everything Earthquake. but if you look around if you look around there are a lot of stand-up comedians that are natural kevin hart dave Chappelle. it's mm. it's that's the craft and that really like drove me towards the direction of like i really need to dig up dig d- deep in myself mm. to find who i am and for me to be able to deliver and give out this craft where that audience feels me. 
they oh, know who I am. When did you come to that realization? Because it looked like something you really thought about. Just hold on, let me close this window. I can hear guys welding outside. Now. Yeah. <laughs> I think there's a so yeah, so um, is it a journey that brought you to this point where like, ugh, let me just... Yeah, it's a, it's, it's, it's a journey, but the, the decision, I finally made the decision on the, oh, in, um, in May two, 2021. Mm. That's when I made that decision. But for even right after when I just started doing stand-up, I really never felt a name like that. I was just like, uh, just a young kid, 19 years old, trying to do this, blah, blah, blah. I didn't know much, but I started discovering myself, and which is one of the good things that stand-up comedy has done for me. Me too. Man. Yeah, discovered who I am as uh, as the man I am right now. Mm. I totally like give all the credit to stand-up. Yeah, me too. Like on this pod, I, I say so many things about myself. And yeah. I get questions like, "Are you lying?" Yeah. Like yeah, is yeah. that like a character you're you're trying to portray? I'm like, no, man. This is just my life. Yeah, yeah. The, the, the people will never understand that. Like. I think one one of my cre- my favorite quotes I uh, saw it a couple of months ago. The quote went like, "There are like there are three types of men. Yeah, there's one who has something to live for, one who has something to die for, and one who has something to kill for." Mm-hmm. So basically, what that quote sums up is the word purpose. Mm. Those are different types of men with different purposes, mm. and when you get one purpose. It defines you. So as 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 uh, when I reached a point where I discovered this was my purpose, this is what I wanted to. It helped me like really like dig out who I am and everything because I this was not my purpose. This is what I wanted to do. I can kill for this, live for it. There's a comedian in Zambia. He's an engineer. What's his name? Um, Chinglis. Yeah, Chinglis. Yes, civil engineer. Yes. Shout out to Chinglis. Yeah. So there was a day I was hanging out with Chinglis and Long John. Yeah. They were here for the festival. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, Long John, who's now Lanmo. Yeah, he also man. did. He also discovered yeah, that same man. thing and changed no his name. No longer Long John. No He's now Lanmo Jonas. Now Lanmo Jonas. Ah, he's killing it in America. Damn, he's bro. Really well, he's, he's doing so when well. When you're in the states, you you you, you hang out. Did you meet me and Long John? Yeah, yeah. we did. Uh, he came down to Atlanta because I was in Atlanta for like thirty days. And he had like a competition he came to do in Atlanta, and yeah, he came through. Killed it. Oh, he won, he won the competition. Shit. Yeah, he won the competition. It was like a two days competition, a thousand dollars, quick cash. Damn. Yeah. So those days was Long John and Chinglis. Mm. So we were discussing South Africa and how you know there's uh, insecurity. Mm. You can get mugged at the bus stop and stuff. So mm. Chinglis was like, Ah, me, that is why I don't like that place. <laughs> I, I don't like going there. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> Long John said, hey man, for me, man, me, I'm willing to die for my comedy. Exactly. He said that and I was like, die! It, it, meant, it meant a lot. Like, you see now the difference. That's the difference. How much are you willing to risk for this? Yeah, man. How much are you willing to risk? Like, Long John actually plays a very big role in my career, man. Like, uh-huh. like all, all these, most of the things that I've, like, where I am right now, Long John plays a big role in it. He, he, he hit the streets before. He understood the comedy scene, like, where to pass, what to get, and all of that. He was the first guy that actually introduced me to the South African scene. Yeah. Got me a place to stay when I was down there. Took me around, told mm. me the same things. Don't use this street. Don't use that street. You'll get mugged. Oh, for real? He has been mugged in South Africa so many times. All oh, right. He took the mugging for me. I've never been mugged, but <laughs> all, the, all the lessons, he gave oh, them to me. Oh, no, you, you knew. Which, he, yeah. he told you don't go there, go there. Yeah, yeah, I knew everything. But yeah, the, 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 uh, what I've always admired about him is how much is willing to sacrifice and that always pushed me like don't expect to get the same amount of produce as someone who uh, uh, who has paid the price if you haven't paid half of that price 
don't expect the same. Like I remember I met him when I came for the Kampala comedy, comedy festival. festival. Yeah, yeah. And then I'd seen him before. I'd seen him, you know, I'd seen him online. Yeah. So we just started. We we had started the scene here. We had the blues. We had the room of the blues running, right? Yeah, yeah. I remember the the the, the blues. Yeah. Room. So Long John was like, "You guys have a room." Yeah. Like, I'm like, yeah. Then I'm like, he's like, can I come over? Yeah. I'm like, yeah, come over. You can stay at my place, but my place. Yeah, yeah, Kitten yeah. Kitengela, like rugged. Yeah. I think the only extra I had a t- teeny weeny mattress, very thin. <laughs> it's actually not even a mattress. It's just yeah. something that you lie on. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. When when was that? Yeah. Worst. So the guy just came and he was sleeping on that freaking thin mattress. He never cared. He never cared. In Kitengela, all he cared about is. That's the time. Yeah. And that's exactly because when he came to Uganda, he actually sent me a message. You guys are doing a comedy festival because I was like doing the artist uh, booking for the comedy festival, oh, okay. Kampala Comedy Festival. He says, you guys are doing it. I want to come through. I say, oh yeah, but we, we can't afford flights or something like that. He says, I'll fly myself in. I say, cool, we'll, we'll, we'll uh, figure out your accommodation. Uh. He comes through. He wants to stay longer. I told him, I have space. You can stay at my place. Yeah. And I had some friends I was staying with actually, so we actually shared the same bed. Keep in mind, I have never met this nigga my whole life. Nigga. I don't know this nigga, bro. Uh, like, but his drive, like what he's willing to sacrifice for this shit, yeah. I was like, this is exactly. Next thing I realized, he has booked gigs in Nairobi. That's how he ended up coming to Nairobi yeah. to do some gigs here. Yeah. He has gone to Rwanda and blah blah blah. Yeah. And I was just like, this is what I need to do. Yeah, this true. I need to invest this much like you have to really really sacrifice a lot yeah yeah and yeah. how about you like well, what's your story you do with with stand-up man i know you started out with kina timothy Finyanzi. shout out to him yeah yeah timothy Nyanzi. That's, that's my mentor right there like he, he um he helped me write my first five minutes how did you decide you want to do stand-up my friend i used to stay with a like i used to stay with a friend of mine in, in kampala and uh, there's this day I came back, I had like very, very funny story, something I saw in the city. So I went back home, I was in a matatu, something weird really happened. I can't remember exactly what happened. So I go to him, I tell him this whole story. To be honest, I, if I look at it right now, I don't think the story was even that funny. Mm-hmm. But to him, he thought it was really funny. He says, mm-hmm. hey man, you need to try out stand up. So I said, cool. I looked up, I looked up the... Um, I looked up comedy clubs online and everything but like close to maybe three weeks before then or a few, few maybe a few weeks before i had watched lost in translation by trevor noah all right so yeah. i had an idea of stand-up painted in my head when i watched it i was like this is beautiful yeah it's a piece of art yes this is a piece of art i'm like this is beautiful and then i'm standing right there and someone is telling me that i can do this mm. and in my head i already have someone if i wanted to do it i already have someone that i would want to do it like mm. so i say to myself okay let me try it maybe it might look like that mm. and i remember going there and reciting all my jokes like i was trevor Noah, forgetting that it wasn't it there. wasn't coming out <laughs> it wasn't coming out that way <laughs> but yeah um but team 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 helped me man team helped me he helped me like shape my stuff get my confidence together and everything and uh, and it was a very very friendly environment i think i think my friend is the reason i started doing it mm-hmm. and also the interest for me to start doing it always i picked it from there but for me to continue doing it is Timothy and the f- the friendly environment that I found. Uh. No judgment. No, we were like a family. Uh. There are like so many other guys who would come in and do their material and like all want to go up on stage, and we would just go behind the theater under a tree. You go up, tell your five minutes. Which shit and wasn't you funny? Serious. Very serious, man. And the shit is not even funny. But you, he's just trying to see the confidence there. It's not funny, bro. Like nothing was funny right there. But he's just trying to pick the confidence until you you spend like four months going there every tuesday oh it was every tuesday every tuesday and then you finally pick like five minutes so but do you come with new stuff every week or how is it 
you do like if you come with stuff today he will maybe tell you like add this to the piece add that to the piece cut this out bring it back next week mm. so you have a whole week to think about it blah, blah, blah. you bring it back if you bring a new piece I mean, listen so you say okay yeah but, but the last piece was good you should maybe put this all together mm. and everything so until you're able it was also like pulling your 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 feet to be able to write and put some stuff together mm-hmm. and um yeah next thing you realize you're actually there you're actually becoming a good writer you, know, you guys were like i used to come there to see what you guys are doing because us guys didn't have what you had yeah 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 in fact that was one of the reasons they came for the festival just to see what what are these guys doing yeah us we had the churchill show only and you guys and had a competition well, ours was not a competition yeah ours was competitive, com- too competitive yeah man. ours was so healthy that if you went up and told your jokes and there was something that i could add to your joke I would actually all of us would comment mm. they ask everyone what do you think we would all comment and contribute mm-hmm. and then you go back and build that whole material and everything mm. and then whoever had like a very very good piece that week they would perform at a show on, the, on that uh, very week but it was not a competition what shows were you guys doing just there, bar shows yeah there was a bar show that was called a uh, punchline um at a place called waikiki oh, okay yeah yeah there was a bar show there it was really struggling by the time i started d- doing it but it, it was just stage time that was needed so hey but uganda the shows are wild man yeah and the audience is very chatty yeah Check, i do not believe what you are saying <laughs> yeah mamito mamito and long john faced it rough oh they did oh they did bro they did they went there so a uh, couple of years ago and they did some shows the the thing is by then when i was still in uganda because i moved out of uganda in 2020 you would go for a week and do maybe like maybe three to four shows mm. and you would get really really good show then there's that one show that just tells you fuck off all right just tells you get out of here yeah, like what the heck are you doing <laughs> yeah yeah so but those are the shows that show you it's as if they bring you back to us have, do, you, do you normally have this thing for mm. like if you have say like for me I, I I like if I have a streak of say three shows mm. I start getting scared because I'm like this streak cannot last forever. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so when yeah, like, you on the first show you you're like eh bro like I haven't I haven't died in a while now. Yeah. But that's so, so because I've not gone on stage a lot lately. But when I was in when I was in Australia a few months ago I I I did this um, I was in Adelaide Fringe where I like did almost nine shows a night bro. And you nine just see, night. yeah one night bro. You just you have the thing is you have one show you're going to headline at this time then mm-hmm. you have one show you're opening then the show's just leaving there oh, okay. so you jump in do five minutes here jump in 10 minutes there mm-hmm. like that like that and you just see the contrast you're doing one the same material but you're learning to get that material better every mm-hmm. show you move to you see the differences in how people are responding yeah. in different rooms right in different rooms <laughs> so the, you've realized there's a show where they did not laugh at all then you go to the other show where they all get up and just clap and everything now what are the dynamics is it the mic is it the room is it but you there are many factors that 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 play into the the art of stand up man like it's a very it's a very on spot craft mm. it's right there this we don't play instruments and then play them ne- next time mm. it's right there you're cooking while they're eating from the pot yeah so if if the the, the meal is not testing well you'll just add the salt right there yeah. you won't serve it and wait for people to comment on on everything so that's exactly you should be quick enough to learn and and twitch and like add more salt more ingredients yeah. and everything so when you go to a different room you can't do it the way you did in the other room like maybe you have to add something if you, if know? it went well in that room then you have to keep that same line uh-huh. but if you come to this room also observe the room you 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 left the room like um let's say the festival starts around 5 p.m. 
5 p.m. to 6 p.m. shows are usually like older people. They don't want to stay out late. So oh, okay. you, you, you have an audience that's like 60, 70 years old. Uh-huh. You're not going to be out here telling jokes that are really like and in the, in the, the young people thing and all of that. Yeah. So by the time you move to like eight, nine late night shows, late night shows are rowdy. So you also have to be aggressive. You yeah. also have to to go in for them and everything. So you just have the same material or even add more to it, but you just keep on reading the room before mm-hmm. you go up, mm-hmm. study the room, <coughs> experiment. So you had one show a week in Uganda for practicing what you're doing on Tuesday. Yep. Does it include the theater show? Did you guys do the, is it called La Bonita? Or yeah, Theater La Bonita. We all wanted to do it, but it was so, so hard to, to get us. Who was running that? It was some other guys running that room. Yeah, it belonged to a guy called Seva Chije, Manuel, and uh, the Cotilda was also director of the room, uh-huh. and uh, Omara, they were all directors and everything. Yeah, but like, but th- th- that time we were not really like uh, theater, theater ready. Okay, like, okay. we, if you if if any of us was theater ready then maybe two shows or one show mm-hmm. but not like to produce on a weekly basis new material so the people who were reigning by then was uh okelo okelo um um emeka uh, optional and those are people who would do like weekly content they were mm-hmm. like there reigning and everything it wasn't our time yet okay yeah, it wasn't our time so we barely got on those stages but Right now, if I look back, I'm actually grateful that we didn't get on them that much. Because <laughs> you aren't ready. Yeah. First of all, you aren't ready. Second of all, it, it made us hungry. Mm. Like you, you, you want something. You want it. You're fighting for it and everything. And uh, but team, you always told us that if you're, if if your if your goal is to get onto the La Bonita show, then you get on it. What next? Mm. So when we learned that, we had to step back a bit and try to now widen the scope yeah, of what the dream goals. is and everything. So yeah, like uh, aim for the is it how to say it? Aim for the stars and shoot the moon if you go short. Is mm. it, or is it the reverse? One of the two. Aim for the aim for the stars and you might hit the clouds. Yeah, one of the two. <laughs> one of the two. Aim up. Yeah, aim up. Anyway, just you reach a point where you just say, you know what? Let me just put it up. Whatever I hit, I hit. <laughs> you end up hitting birds. Oh, cool. Meat. Meat is meat. <laughs> Tim is very he's really good at molding guys. Huh? Yeah, he is. He's a he's, he's a he's a great leader. He 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 handles people very patient. Mm. I've never seen a man that patient. I'm not half as patient as he is. Oh, for real. Huh? Yeah, he he's very patient and and very, very down to earth. Too. Like yeah. he didn't talk much, but when he talks, he'll just say. And Emmanuel, I want to come to the podcast. Can we do it on Monday? Exactly. Solution oriented. Da, 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 da. <laughs> so when you're finding excuses, he has already given you solutions and uh, excuses. No, uh. that. Yeah, he's a pretty, he's a very humble, by the way. Humble. Uh. You will never see him uh, out there saying, I built so and so and so and so. But so many, all the people that he built are the yeah. ones who can't go out there and say, Oh, yeah, that's the guy that's yeah, responsible true, for who I am. So, but you guys at that time remember you were outliers because we were this big comedian at the mm. time. Like, mm. uh, but I guess that's a natural progression of every comic. There's yeah. always you're starting out, and these, there are these people who are higher than life. Yes, up there. Yes, yes, yes. There's the 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 contrast. There was that that whole gap and everything. And um, a lot of people were looking up to different comedians, like style wise. Like there's always a comedian that you look up to in terms of style to pick one or two things from them, mm. then bring it all together. Who are you looking up to those days? It was a range. It was a range of comedians that I really, really liked, to be honest. And I always spent my time watching them. Um, one of the comedians that I, that I liked watching was Napoleon Emma. Oh yeah, that guy is a beast. Yeah, I, 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 I liked watching him. I liked his energy, his performance. 
and how he would really like express everything yeah. I, I liked watching him and then I loved watching Daniel O'Mara because mm. of his wittiness yeah. his smartness his writing the things he goes for it's like all the comedians are going here and then he's going right yeah, there yeah. that's so I always wanted to watch him to broaden my mind where I follow him in terms of writing mm. so if he has dug a place in like maybe he's writing jokes about this area I go to that area and like look at it what what can I find there because mm. I, I will always wanted to be out of the ordinary like I wanted to write that joke where someone sits down and says how the hell did yeah. they think of that yeah, true. that's yeah. exactly what I was going for and then I, I, I enjoyed uh, I enjoyed Salvador I enjoyed Salvador so much because of his um, um, his performance his presence his energy he had some sick stage presence man yes Salvador will tell you the same joke a yeah. hundred times and you will laugh exactly, like you've never had it man. like what the heck is and that? that's the only trick that I wanted for me yeah. I wanted the trick of giving a different experience every time you get to see me yeah where you feel like you've never seen me before yeah, yeah. and and I always loved that about him and everything somebody yeah. told me the exact same thing You're yeah like, this guy he says the same joke exactly. but he still laugh but it's, yeah. a, it's 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 a craft it's a, it's an art and if you if 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 you were like uh, an artist that you whichever craft that you do you really need to find people who do those things that can cuz always strive to be a hybrid okay don't come in to be a petrol artists or petrol car because they're petrol cars be a hybrid can you use petrol and fuel and, and, and electricity yeah, yeah, yeah. so pick from petrol pick from electricity bring it together and the next thing you realize you're actually on yeah, top your high performance yeah, from this yeah. from this other so you people. look at someone you're like let me learn this from this guy. yeah it's exactly what i want like ignore everything else i want that thing how did you do that thing teach me that yeah and then go somewhere else and pick that thing and everything and then you, like you i've ever seen brian regan man the guy can do a joke about a fridge mm-hmm about buying a fridge exactly huh? exactly and i'm dying of laughter so i'm like Dah! yeah yeah huh? like the, 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 there's this young comic right now in in kenya here it's, I, I love him so much he's uh i first met him in tanzania he's uh, marcus, marcus douglas, marcus douglas. Yeah, yeah. I, I like how he goes for dark humor bro yeah. he goes for the darkest things ever and i think that's just him that's just him he just and every time he goes on stage i know he's looking for something dark mm. so i'm just behind him trying to see how he went for that dark thing uh. and all of that and and like this time last time he did a joke about a mortuary and all of that and it was so funny yeah it was so funny so you you just keep on picking all these things from different yeah, people this is a joke he did about a beggar about a beggar yeah, yeah. so like uh, this beggar asked him for money for food eh? yeah otherwise he might die Yeah. Like, no, you don't have a lot of time. Just, just give yourself to actually. I know I've butchered it, but it was just sick. Like it's a sick thing you're not supposed to be laughing at. Right? Yeah, yeah. But yeah, that's funny. It is. It is funny. And, and No, that's a good that's a good thing you've uh, I've picked that up. Mm. Like you you pick the good thing that you want from a comic and you actually try to learn from that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. So, uh you you how did you end up in Uganda? Oh, uh, we, we we I was actually born in Kenya, bro. I was yeah. born here. I was born in Kakuma. Refugee camp. refugee camp. Yeah, man. that's where all, that's where all South Sudanese are manufactured. <laughs> <laughs> and then, they, then they come and then to Nairobi consumption. <laughs> some of them are shipped. You can just distribute them all over the world. Then they bring them yeah. Nairobi for consumption. Yeah, like. ah. So you're born in Kakumochi? Yeah. 1997, uh, 7th March 1997. So when you're born there, are you even a Kenyan? Uh, no, when you're, when, you're, when you're in the, the camp, you're like just refugee title that's so what you're you born have. refugee you yeah you're born a refugee and then Sheet. and then you can now like 
with time you can now integrate it into the society and different different countries have different policies on, on citizenship mm-hmm. yeah so you have to abide by that country's uh, policies on citizenship but but by the time i was born um i like i come from a very a very young country that has been through war for a very long time so information hasn't been something that our communities have had for a long time it's only until just lately that we've started getting so much information mm-hmm. um education um i want to say between between the late 90s until now have actually shaped the people that are going to contribute to south sudan because okay. that's the time we got that's enough time we got for us to like uh, pursue education and learn so many things and all of that mm-hmm. um so now we know so many things about higher but documents visas all sorts of things so there's no parent in 1995 that was looking for kenyan citizenship for their child because okay. they gave birth to them in kenya oh they didn't <laughs> they, they didn't occur to you yeah never occur to us you just give birth to the child you're leaving the hospital they tell you there is this card that is a birth certificate say oh okay mm. you take it with you and then you keep it because i guess you have other problems yeah right? yeah and then now the immunization thing we now start parents started seeing those immunization things that they come say you there's a card you go they immunize blah blah so we now started getting accustomed to all of these things to a point where now right now like someone can give birth to their kid in here and they now follow up and get those citizenship okay. so i never got the, the kenyan citizenship uh even uganda i never got the ugandan citizenship i lived in uganda for so long so i, I moved to uganda probably the early 2000 how, how old are you by then you're 10 no no i wasn't 10 <clears throat> my math is work yeah your math is really bad bro I don't know. This is a Kenyan system, British system. Which 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 Kenyan Kenyan. Cuz you're born in 93. 97. Oh, 97. So. Yeah, 97. So, yeah, I, you I went think Uganda in 2002. Two or three. One of the two. I can't remember properly. Yeah, okay. but one of the two. Right. So, yeah. um you you moved with your parents, you moved with your mom? Yeah, my mom. Cuz my dad passed on in 2001. Oh, sorry, man. Yeah, one or 2000, one of the two. Then we first moved to Nairobi here. And um I remember I first enrolled to to Zimmerman Primary School and then I went to Roysambo Primary School wasting so much time I don't even know what I was doing in class I was really young bro yeah. they just pushed me to school just to not spend time at home and, uh, and then now we went to Uganda around 20322 and um and that's where now I started like real education and all of that I lived in Uganda until 2020 that's when I made like the the um, conscious decision to now move out oh, okay. yeah because in 2008 when i was still in in you in uganda i was 11 years old my mom passed on oh sorry man. yeah so literally the person who brought me into that country wasn't there anymore damn and I, i didn't know well where, where, where we're gonna go next all we knew is just did you have siblings it. yeah i had siblings older uh, younger yeah i'm the youngest All right, last for you. Yeah. You're the biggest last boy I've ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> Check it, this guy is the last boy. Yeah. <laughs> I'm I'm the uh-huh. youngest. But yeah, uh, we uh, we we just finished up our school slowly, man. Like we had people around us that helped us put like us in school. And um those those uncle, my my father's uh, young brother, he continued supporting us even when our dad passed on. He lives in America. And oh, then, so you had to support you from far off. Yeah, from far off. So we live by ourselves. Mm. And um there, there was a lady uh there is a lady who, who paid for our school. She's a she she's in uh, America. Mm. She she was friends with my with our uncle then offered to pay for our school. The lady you were with on uh, yeah, yeah. on your Instagram once. Yeah, I had never met her. So yeah. when I went to America last year, um I I went uh went to there's a small town in uh, Virginia it's called uh, Norfolk. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I went over there like I had to take a train bro for like four hours. Mm. Then I went and spent like two days Damn, uh, okay. at her place. 
I was meeting her for the first time. She did she she paid all your yeah, education until, until until the end of high school. Ah. For the five of us. Oh, for the five of you? Yeah, for the and, five and of us. And who's she? She's just a regular regular person who lady. just yeah, who just wanted to help. And um yeah, that's 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 how we finished the whole thing. Mm. Yeah. You okay, that's uh, and 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 that's why some of these tragedies are what make communities really close knit. They are. Because uh, I know the Somalis also really good at remitting, mm-hmm. you know, supporting huge families from wherever mm-hmm. they are. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Sudanese too. You mm-hmm. find someone is here, but they're being supported from by someone in the yeah, diaspora. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah they, 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 it's a culture that is that was really brewed in the, in the refugee camp. Because by that time, there was so, uh, like uh, people. There was a, a UN program where they would take people to the West, America, Australia, depending on different stories and all of that. So you would have your aunties, your siblings, relatives, or friends move out and when they moved out they gave support to the people who were back in the camp so it was part of the culture part right? of the culture some of the support that helped people leave the camp and moved to the city mm. so that's how we ended up in nairobi okay, okay. by support that was coming through remittance through family members that had already traveled before us uh, like 50 dollars a month 100 dollars, just small small money mm. just, but it was big by then yeah it comes but, through yeah it comes through supported people and that just kept it's still going on until now like mm. Like so much money gets goes back. So your success of, is not for you. It's, uh, it's, it's you're, you're responsible for a couple of guys. Yeah, you gotta look back. Uh. It's not. It's just a tradition. Like, look at it this way. Like this. This when my father died, this young brother of his took it upon himself to feed me, put me in a house with my siblings, phone me education, finish my high school, finish my uni. Like all this knowledge that I have. And he has never asked me for a single coin, mm. and he didn't need to do it. And then let's say the same thing that happened to me happens to another child in the family, or even his own kids. If it reaches a point where he can't provide, I just have to. Yeah, keep up. you have to step up. Man. Yeah, you just have to step just up and say, "Hey, like, just give give the touch to the next person." Yeah, what do you guys then, need? Yeah. yeah, that's that's like that's like an, an African approach of creating generational wealth. Yeah. And the beginning is the education. Pass the torch. The torch will be passed around until. It gets the person who, holds, some, who holds on to it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's some sort of social insurance. Yeah, yeah. You see, the government is not doing it. The structure is not there. Yep. So guys have just created uh, something that they can can use. Yep. I saw it during my mom's. My mom also passed on. Yeah. So Sorry, I man. saw the way uh, things. I saw how the community came together mm-hmm. to sort it out. Yeah. yeah you know, yeah. come paying the, some of the bills that were there. Yeah. Know. Yeah. So yeah. it's very important to actually participate in such a exactly such a structure. Ex- exactly. Like so, the social is part of our cultures as Africans yeah, yeah. like and I, I think we can we can all, all do democracy and socialism at the same time to some degree yeah. there are things that we can't let go in our cultures and all of that um, like even marriages right now like people contribute to each other's marriages exactly, yeah. and then in the future they also contribute back to your marriages yeah. like I'm 26 years old right now they randomly call me in the village they say oh they have brought three cows to your household I'm like whose cows are these like, oh, in 1985, your father contributed to this person's marriage. And they married his daughter. So they returned those cows. Seriously? I swear to God. And they're just there. So if it's my time to get married, I get all those cows and marry them all. Damn. So it's just, it's, it's, not even on, it's not even on a payback basis. Yeah. It's on the basis of this family's share for a long time. Yeah. So if something good happens to our family, I share you with share your family. Spoiled. Yes. And then your family also gets the same. You share with my families. Even even when I'm long gone, 
my family would say yeah that. and it's a it's a it's a i think it's a more it's a better way to live than this individualistic city life eh? where you're in this apartment you don't even know if your neighbor like Bro. yesterday I was, I was doing a podcast here but my cable was messed up mm. and i didn't know anyone to ask for a cable <laughs> eh? i'm like who can i ask for a c-type cable here <laughs> so i had to go and start talking to the guards you guys wow eh? hey, can you go and talk to my neighbor <laughs> My neighbor will be like, who the heck are you, first of all? So bro, you went- I, I remember when we were in the camp, bro. When we were in the camp, the, 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 the WFP used to give us like food ratios on on monthly basis, where they'd give you like 20 kilograms of rice, sugar, salt, and then some firewood and all of that. And then some households were big, it wasn't enough. So you had to budget those things very well until they reached the point where you get the next ratio. Mm. But not everyone could budget them so well. So you reach a point where you have to go and borrow. Mm. Things are salt. Go to the next house, they put salt in your hand to go and put in your food. Mm. Get some sticks of firewood and all that. We just share like that. And then when this whole thing comes back next time, um, we will also go to that house and they'll give us yeah. uh, what, what we need and all that. So maybe that was the foundation for this it is. community thing. It is. It is. 100%. You you remember I met you when you were in uh, in in Uganda mm. and then obviously because I follow you online I saw you just moved back home. Mm. Like was that a conscious thing or why did you decide to shift? Um it wasn't it wasn't really conscious but I I think it it worked out it it worked out quite well. Mm. I mean I, I was at a point in my career where I was I felt like I, I had outgrown Uganda like I had outgrown not even career wise like even what I was looking for there as a person, I found it. And that was me. I was looking for myself. Mm. Trying to define myself, structure myself as an adult. Who I who am I? What do I want to do? Where do I want to go? I answered all these questions. And then I just I was just in the in the quest for like the next phase in my life. And this is when I I, I was actually going to Australia to to do like um <clears throat> a couple of shows and festival and everything. And I was I was just gonna leave Australia and go to Joburg, Joburg, go to um, Zimbabwe, and then go to South Sudan eventually. But I I hadn't seen that far of where I wanted to go, and um, and then that's when I went to I came to Kenya here to do a few stuff, and then leave, and then that's when COVID hit, and I remember I was stuck in Kenya here for like eight months. All oh, right. Yeah, eight months. Um, my passport was about to expire. I didn't do I didn't know where to go next because everything was locked down and then there was that small window that small window where everything was like raised like you can go you can f- travel through and everything and I was just like you know what let me go home let me go home let me mm. see what's up like let me go change my passport check around see spend this time at home and do all that you had a Ugandan passport no South Sudanese okay okay <clears throat> so so I went back to South Sudan on those bases and then I lived there for a while, like a so. Who did you go home to, man? Um, relatives. Uh, yeah, relatives. My relatives cousin. You've not seen in a while. Yeah, yeah. I didn't see. So you're like, hey, what's up? How yeah. are you doing, brother? <laughs> yeah, my cousin. I remember I drove. I drove from here up to Juba. You drove. I drove, bro. Uh, it's like you guys were doing thirty uh, hours of you driving. You went with someone who was driving back up. No, like my my friend lives here. She wanted to take her car back to South Sudan. Okay. And she just said. She was talking about it. I was like, I can do it. Mm. She's like, are you sure? I said, yeah. Alone? You are driving Myself. alone? You are driving solo? Uh, solo. I drove from here, to, from Nairobi to Kampala by myself. And then I spent like three days in Kampala. Then I, uh, there's a friend who tagged along from Kampala. 
up to Juba. Okay. Yeah. A Sudanese buddy. Yeah, yeah Sudanese uh-huh. buddy. Then I remember we reached somewhere and the and the car actually got an engine knock. Dire. And we spent like a week Where? on the way, like some some village somewhere. In Uganda in, or in you Uganda. got into in Uganda in Uganda before we even left. The what type of car was it? It was a RAV4. Oh, okay, okay. Like okay. a small RAV4. So uh-huh. the engine was like dire. I'm, I'm tired. It's we had to get another engine. Serious. So I had to call the owner of the car and say, "Yo, the engine." It's fucked up. So you're in the middle of nowhere. Middle of nowhere. The owner of the car sends me money. I have to go back to the city, buy an engine in the city, come back to where the car is. With the mechanic. With the mechanic. The mechanic puts the engine in the in the in the in, in the, the car. car, and then and then I was supposed to leave, but the car was still messing up. So the but it could drive, but it could not stay on. Okay. So the mechanic had to drive this car back to the city, figure out what was wrong. Then hand it over to me. So you guys were meanwhile wearing the bush still? Yeah. What some, are you there's, doing some, there's some village there. Nothing, bro. Just walk around in the village and go to, go, to, go to. There was some small lodge that was there. Walk around the village and go back to bed. That's nothing. <laughs> nothing. That's crazy, man. It was it was bad, bro. So you brought back the car and then now you you went back or, or you continued with your trip? No. So the car was fixed. Then I now drove back from Kampala now to Juba. Oh, okay. Yeah. I went pick the car now. Went all the and way how was it? How was that drive into? Like when you got into Sudan, did you feel a certain type of way? Um, had you been away for long? Yeah, yeah. I had, I had been away maybe for like maybe two years. Uh, yeah, maybe two years or something. Because I, I I kept on visiting every now and then to go get my like documents okay. right and all that. So yeah, it was it was pretty cool, man. Like it was pretty cool. Um, my my brother was already there. My brother had moved there. And um, I was excited. It was something fresh. Like the, there was lockdown in Kenya. There was no lockdown in Juba. Oh, okay. Yeah, we didn't even know how to lock down. Yeah. Like, what are we doing? It doesn't make sense. So there's wearing masks. Yeah, yeah. <coughs> here and there. And, uh, here and there. Uh. Yeah. So I went back and then I just started figuring out all of that. But um, I've been always just like that very flexible person. Whatever life brings at me, I take it and make use of it so when i was there i just ended up leaving there. now i live there i just mm. made the decision like you know what i'm not gonna leave this place yeah it's home yeah it's home it, you, know. you know i normally see you you're in new york city you're where and then yeah. you're back to sudan yeah yeah <laughs> then the people at the airport are like why are you coming back what are you seeing in this country <laughs> <laughs> I did I did that sketch the other day. I saw that bit. Yeah, it was actually inspired by 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 me. It's a true story. Yeah, cuz I, I just got back from Australia man like and I cop, went back and this immigration officer he saw me. He knows he follows me. It's like All right. Where are you coming back? Yeah. And and he, he the way he lowered his voice like someone was going to hear him. Yeah. I'm just like <laughs> no, I don't but, even have an explanation, bro. <laughs> but for real, why do you go back, man? I'm, there's the the thing is this, bro. Like if this if this was me 10 years ago i wouldn't have come back mm. but 10 years later i'm a different person i've achieved so much and i've broken so many barriers and i can't make that desperate decision anymore mm. because i have accessed it all i can i can go in as many times as i want to i can move and actually live there if i want to and all of that and if that is possible why are you taking the hard way? And this this goes back actually to the to the conversation that 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 I was uh, that we had earlier about about our communities not having so much information. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, admit it or not, it's it, it, the 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 immigration system is a racist system. It's extremely racist all over the world. For Africans to go anywhere, it's yeah. it's twice as hard as anyone else. Yeah. True. yeah? 
we barely even have information on who, on what's our right as 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 uh, travelers or as immigrants and everything like we we you have every right to travel to any country as long as you abide by the ro rules of, of that country and all of that but we don't know this information so when you now start learning more and getting all this information you realize that i can go into that country and live there for two years and and it's very fine i can get the right documentation documentation that puts me there for two years but some of us don't know that so when someone asks you why did you come back they ask on a point where they don't know that there's a possibility for you to actually move there as a permanent resident maybe on the job maybe education maybe like, like I'm, a, I'm, I'm a stand-up comedian like i have performed everywhere and all these places i can prove that i i can work there mm. and i can live there and do all the stand-up and everything so for me to run away why don't i just do that mm. you get the point yeah but to explain that most of the times it's it's it's, it's really hard yeah yeah, yeah true. so that's basically why i always come back like no that. but it's also good man mm. like uh, if, if there's someone looking up to you of which i think there is you know they're like 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 uh, there's a friend of mine called hamu hamu is a comedian professor, professor hamu. yeah, yeah, no, yeah. Hamu. so he lives in akuru mm. so you're saying that when he was coming up he was like uh, he, he wanted to be an inspiration to the guys in his hood mm. that you can actually come up and buy a car and just yeah still yeah. live in akuru so he's always maintained a presence in Akuru mm. for for that sake. For that reason, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah for that reason. What yeah. the heck is for that sake? It's it's the same, but it's, it's the, the same, same thing. thing yeah, yeah, it's the oh, same okay. Thing. So, um, <clears throat> and I feel like once you have a goal which is bigger than yourself, I, I feel like you do better. Because see, you're not just thinking of yourself. You're mm. thinking of hey, if I if I drive back to Nakuru, in his case, in my big car. Mm. some kid will be like ah i'm in the hood but i i can also make it yeah so i feel like it's the same for you i guess i think yeah yeah, yeah. it's a, it's it's the same we we as um as, as less privileged societies we haven't been able to achieve so much because we have not seen that being done yeah 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 true we don't have enough examples yeah we don't have enough examples like i've not seen i've not seen someone like pass next to my house this kid i knew growing up pass next to my house driving a lamborghini yeah for me to be like oh they actually sell them to black people mm. or to africans yeah, or something yeah, like that yeah. you get the point so most of the things we just need like examples there's you we, when you when when you move there's there's someone is a there's a look there's a luganda saying that goes like i'll translate it in english it goes like i used to think that my mom is the best cook until i started moving yeah. going to my neighbor's house yeah, I've heard that stuff. <laughs> yeah so when you move around you get information you get to see stuff and get to see possibilities mm -hmm. i get to see opportunities and uh, like, like take, take, take a small example like like netflix in kenya mm -hmm. it only took one netflix and one kenyan uh thing featured on netflix for so many other kenyan things yeah, to go up there yeah, true. and that that best explains why even like my country or another country hasn't like gone in there there has to be something that opens the door for us to feel like oh this is actually possible mm. or it can happen like this and yeah, all that true yeah when i remember when you were <clears throat> when you in, when you decided to go to south africa to tour was it after you'd moved back home to which tour i've been to south africa four times the, the first time when you just went in and guys sort of discovered hey, there's this new kid called ak dance oh 
No, that was Long John. Long John showed me that I can do it and then I did it. So you were in in Sudan then you went to South no, Africa. No, I was in Uganda. Oh, okay, I lived okay, in Uganda okay. until 2020. Oh, okay. So Long John told me, "Yo, you can do this. Uh-huh. I can book you in this comedy club, Goliath, um, Parkers. I can talk to them. Uh-huh. Blah blah blah. They're paid gigs. You can get some paid money. Um I have a friend who stays there. You can stay in his room uh-huh. in his um uh, he had like a he actually had bro, he actually had like one single thing like this. Who? My, my Long John's friend. Okay, okay. Yeah, he's called um and we call him Antoine. Mm-hmm. And it's just his bed is just right here and then he had a couch somewhere there and then the TV and all that. Mm-hmm. And I crashed, I crashed on the couch uh-huh. the studio. I crashed on the couch and all that. So he showed me that it was possible. And then I just went to Juba and just worked on my visa and next thing I came I came all the way to South Africa. And how was that tour? For the first time. It went well, right? It went well, bro. It went well. It was uh because I was in you in all the major rooms. Mhm. Mhm. But that's it. Like someone just literally just opened the door and say come in. Yeah. You sit with those people, talk to those people, blah 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 blah. Like someone showed me that it can be done mm-hmm. and uh, I I I accessed all those rooms and I was I was I was I was young, bro. I was I was uh, 20. You were green, huh? Yeah, I was really really green, very young. Um I remember I was broke as well bro. You're broke as a uh, as a fa fa fa. I was so broke. So broke but I I knew what I wanted. Mm. I knew what I wanted. I planned for this thing I said I need to get it. I started thinking about it in June and I went there in August and I used to have this trick where like if I if I wanted something I save up to a degree or like hustle because I've, I've always hustled i used to used to work in a furniture store I used to sell beds and all of that mm. i used to be a broker like long time and i always made money off that thing and then uh, i had a favorite auntie who lives in canada and i would call her and say hey i'd like to get this and do that and i have this amount and i need you to top up for me this amount I always encouraged her like yeah. oh this kid knows what she wa- he wants and yeah. all of that so she always supported me and i ah. is that how you got the ticket to go to yeah, south yeah. africa yeah the ticket was like 300 dollars then uh-huh. And uh, I, I I had about a hundred dollars of that on top. Yeah. So that's what you are using to survive. Yeah, yeah. Ah, like I think I went I went to I went to South Africa like maybe a four hundred dollar budget after the ticket has been already paid. I had like a hundred dollars just chilling. Uh, yeah, just that hundred dollar was the medical insurance. It was. <laughs> It was all sorts of things. It was your life budget. It was my life budget. Uh, and then I go up there, I do some shows, I, I raise them, raise like 300 bucks of the shows that I did. They paid you? Yeah, they paid me. Some rooms paid me. There's ah. some good rooms that I paid me. I remember Parkers was still on at that time, yeah, right? Yeah, paid me. Parkers paid me. Um, Goliath paid me. I was eating like one meal a day. Oh, okay. Yeah, like also staying humble. Don't, uh, don't, don't you were lying low. Yeah, lying low. <laughs> How long were you there for? I was there for two weeks. Oh, okay. Yeah, two weeks. But yeah. thank God Long John was around, man, to make it a bit easier, man. Yeah? Always, man. Comedy is a symbiotic thing. It is. You get? That's why I always I'm happy when I see uh, my colleagues doing well. Because yeah. I know, like, uh, there are some people you know who will never know me, man. Yeah. Like, yeah. ever. For sure. For sure. So the only way I'll ever get known by those guys is you. You know, exactly. seeing you. Then you're like, ah, oh, there's another guy called uh, Emmanuel. Yeah. So bring him. So I'm yeah. like, ah, oh, okay. Yeah. So it is... It is the one of the crafts where the success of the people around you is very very important. And the way you, the way you treat people is important, man. The way you treat people it's very important. Like up to now the the people who who just hit me up and say, "Hey man, I'm going to South Africa, do you know some contacts?" And I have a list of people in, in South Africa that are willing to put you up on shows and everything. Mm. Same goes to New York, I know so many people. Same goes to Melbourne, Australia. Um 
uh, where else uh, Atlanta and all of those I know these shows and know these people that I've worked with them and every time I have a friend that is around a comedian I'm like oh yeah this dude is around I'm um, putting him on mm. like I was I was in Juba connecting Long John to do gigs in, in, in America damn that's how like word of mouth travels yeah, and like yes. recommendation basis yeah. and and if I go to a country where like you know what's going on there I'll be like Emmanuel I'm in this city for this long can you put in a word for yeah. me and then you put in the word for me and the time I get there I'm just welcome yeah. in and everything yeah, so it's, just... we just work together bro do you think these guys were so happy to hear a South uh, Sudanese just telling you know their story about South Sudan um, which guys like the audience in South Africa for example because it's rare we hardly hear you know stories. yeah yeah def- de- definitely not even not even South Sudan alone like any any story that is foreign from what they what they already have right there is is it, it's what they it's exactly what they want like mm-hmm. everyone that's going on there belongs to that city they're telling the same things then you come in with a very new perspective mm-hmm. it's it's like a lesson yeah. you see them paint it's so like much a window into exactly. another culture it's tourism yeah. So they, they, they take a flight take a flight and come all the way to where you live excuse me where you live and like they experience the life and everything mm-hmm. and so you get an, an advantage for you to just like shine on that yeah, yeah. and they're always excited like people get kicked off if the lineup is full and they know oh this guy is from here they say oh yeah you can perform next week yeah, get off let's put this yeah, guy on true because yeah. he has a unique story and yeah. then he's not around for long mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. people always love a new a yeah. new fresh new perspective story. Yeah. new perspective so mm-hmm. you went to south africa twice right you went the first time and then now you went again i've gone there four times uh-huh. so i go the first time by myself i go again in 2019 by myself still and then but I at came. least you had a foot in, right? Yeah, I had a foot in. So by the time I went in, the gigs were just booked properly. Yeah. Like everyone just wants to to have me on everything. Then I went in 2020 February. That one I went for the I went I went to Cape Town. I went to Cape Town. So that specifically I went to Cape Town because Long John was in Cape Town doing his show at the Mother City Festival, mm-hmm. and I wanted to enter those festival lines and everything. So I just went with him. Uh, we hanged out, showed me around, all sorts of things, and um, yeah, um, I did that one. And then now that was the third time then the fourth time was last year and they they basically just flew me in to do do the Johannesburg International Comedy Festival I am yeah that paid me a chunk bro she is just all the money that I spent going there in the past came two back. years came back came back in one payment ah, you, I'm sure you felt sweeter <laughs> oh my god yeah? oh my god I felt so good man like um it's just that one of, one of those things where you finally see the child that you were looking after as a kid um just putting on their uniform and they're going to school or going to work now it's a grown up child did you show the did you do the show with KG yeah i saw you guys in a studio you're promoting yeah yeah yeah, yeah. i've done a couple of shows with KG KG interesting thing shout out to KG bro. yeah amazing guy same same vibe. KG Mokadi yeah that guy is a beast funny as fuck huh? funny very very nice guy i first met KG the first time i went uh, in 2018 It was it was the headliner of the show at Parkers. Mm-hmm. And then I got off stage after telling these jokes of mine and everything and then he calls me aside and he, he gives me some advice on what I should uh, put in here or there yeah. and everything. Um yeah, that's when I first met him. Um, and then we just became friends every now and then. Yeah, he he he, rec- he was in South Africa recommended me for a gig in Tanzania. I go on the punchline gig. Yeah, the punchline gig. Uh-huh. I met them through KG. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, for real? Mhm. You met these guys from through KG in South Africa. I'm way closer to the guys than them, bro. <laughs> <laughs> But I met them through a guy in South Africa. 
So uh, no, but congrats on that. You uh, fast forward, you came back to South Sudan. You guys yeah. know so many things about you guys. Yeah, <laughs> you came back, and then you started doing the comedy festivals. How's that going, man? It's going really well, bro. I just did the last edition in. Uh, it's like almost two months now. It's I did it in April. How uh, did you put it May, off, Was bro? it no? Was it? I think it was May, twenty mm. eighth May or something like You've that. You've done two, right? Done two editions. Uh-huh. Did one edition last year and then the second edition right now, and um, it's going really well. It's mm. going really well. How do you put it together? Because those things are freaking expensive. <sighs> so expensive, bro. So expensive. But I always get partners on board that um, that um, always want to communicate the same thing that I'm advocating for, mm. uh, creative, um, creative expression and all that, and like. Um, creating a space where people come together, laugh together, share share ideas and everything. So I've always gotten sponsors that are willing to jump on, gotten grants as well to do it. Um, I got a, a, sp- a grant from the Dutch Embassy, from GIZ as well. Mm. So you and could the, fly these guys in and uh, yeah, so them. I can fly them in and host them. I would never afford it by myself, yeah, bro. It's so crazy. much money. Do you remember the, the Nairobi Comedy Festival? I remember, man. The Doug and I are financing it from our pockets. Oh. It was rough, but it was a great experience because I got to. It was just nice, you know. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like it's a, it's 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 good to check it out, bro. Mm. Like the business aspect of this thing is really good for every artist to experience. Mm. Yeah, like the, the 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 greatest artists are those who know the business of their art, not only the art of their business. Mm. Yeah. How do you uh, still keep doing comedy? Like, is there like total freedom of expression in uh, South Sudan? Um, just to some degree, to some degree, yeah. Total is a big word. Even in yeah, Kenya, yeah, it's not true. total. <laughs> especially now. Yeah, especially now. There's not the only total you have is the petrol station. A, <laughs> and the fuel is expensive you, there. You, you can so be doing no, a pod and someone just comes and says, hey, what have you said? Hey. Have you cemented that route or come? Let's, uh, let's talk. There's not total anywhere. This but is, it's, you, you have to be smart about it, I guess. You have to be smart, man. And also, like, and that's, that's, that's one of the things I'm talking about with, like, creative expression. Um, for a very long time, creativity has been a, a tool that we use in societies to communicate so many things. Uh, for many years, many years ago, since many years ago, uh, poetry, music has always been part of our cultures, uh, dancing and everything. So we speak in those in in those uh, ways, even proverbs and all of that. We speak in a in a way that is not so aggressive. It's a way that just moves around and ex- expresses the same point. So. If I stood in front of people and told them, don't do this, don't do that, blame me for doing that, it would come out really harsh as compared to when I just do a joke about how this and that is being done yeah, or a sketch yeah. about how this and that is being done. Mm. So that it's it's received more simply and people think about it. They go home, realize it and everything. I'm like, oh, actually, this is not good. Actually, mm. we need to do that. So that that is a hack through the, through the, the whole like tense environment and everything mm. it makes it really easier for musicians and comedians to comment on on society issues um and 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 like provoke thought because that's what we need to do just mm. yes yeah just just make you think about it i don't i don't have to entirely tell you put it on the floor for you to think about just let me say let me make you think about mm. why why six is upside down no why nine is upside down and six is upright like mm. make you think so you've never been gotten you've never gotten like pushback from the powers that be man i would be lying like if a I certain said, phone call no Chigalo, is this uh, a cow jumbo no I've, I've gotten a few people who just comment like like comment on social media i mean you wouldn't want to take 
anything for granted and also yeah. a few people just say hey you guys you're saying a lot of things but it's always like very very like very casual mm. in the sense like it's it's very baseless for them to come at anything because there's you also have to be smart the line there's nowhere the line has ever been lifted and taken away mm. the line is just pushed slowly yes, yes, until yes, it yes. gets out of the yeah, way in every society yeah yeah right. so everyone wants to just lift the line and take it away yeah. no just push it a bit push yeah, it a bit that's impossible actually yeah. Yeah. so then when you push it a little bit and someone say, comments you can be like i think it's still in the same place like mm. I, it hasn't moved at, at all yeah. uh, so those are all approaches that people that's use smart. i'm going to use a line in my next part <laughs> check you know you know the line is something just move uh, slowly by slowly, slowly don't by just slowly. pick up the line <laughs> and go and put it in a whole different place check you guys i've not heard that saying somewhere <laughs> but, but how's uh, how's how's South Sudan now man like it's it's a bit calmer right now like yeah. in terms of uh, keeping the peace and stuff yeah yeah it's a uh, politically the 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 city Juba has come mm. um dif- there's, there's also of course there's, uh, there's still a lot going on in different areas right? so many going on right now one of my brothers was working in Pibor oh yeah, yeah so yeah. Uh, he showed me a picture of the governor I'm like die I'm this yeah. guy <laughs> <laughs> so you're saying the governor is his friend because he was working there with the, the UN mm. uh, but things sometimes would flare up and then he'd call and say hey man i can hear freaking gunshots man mm-hmm. so uh, so you're saying in the city man it's 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 pretty calm uh in the sense that you don't hear gunshots no i'm saying now there's more yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. you remember there was the uh there was salva Kier and uh, this other guy riek uh, yeah yeah riek yeah. mashar they yeah. had this stiff going on yeah they did they did yeah. they settle the beef now yeah mom and like um there've been a series of of peace agreements that have been signed and uh, they they're currently working towards implementation of that whole re- the revitalized peace agreement and um and um so that makes it come in the city there is a political will to to try and 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 work towards bringing things together like some of the things that we need to have now is like an election next year mm. and there's like work towards that for us to have elections next year and all of that so it's a, it's a, it's, a, it's a bit come come on paper like you can yeah, you can say yeah no one has attacked the other yeah. person yet no uh, one has made a statement that has gone viral because yeah. things happen in every country yeah they do the they question do. is how big is the thing so it goes beyond have you seen the stuff happening in sudan in sudan now man? yeah it's crazy yeah, yeah. man it is bro it is it is but that's the thing with war bro that's the thing with war the thing the thing with war is that you never know it's possible until it happens damn you never know it's possible until it happens like for um the people in Khartoum were really shocked They're because like, this is happening here yeah it has never happened the last time some of them never even saw it but meanwhile us we were born in it mm. we've seen it the whole time and we know how easy it is it's a very instant decision it's just a spark it's just a spark the same thing that happened to ukraine where they're all saying these are white people with blue eyes and everything they never believed that something like that would ever happen yeah. and then the minute it happens you're just shocked your mind is just like this you get the point and um so you can never predict mm. like okay of course political analysts and you can see a series of, of things that bring it together and predict it and everything but the whole region is like really like the yeah. whole african region is crazy right now yeah. anything can happen at yeah, any point man. The, yeah the, like the, the there's a coup in niger and in niger and all of that and uh, all these things and the thing that is happening in sudan as well so many refu- refugees coming to south sudan now like, can you even believe it yeah that's crazy man like for almost 
like South Sudan fought the liberation struggle for almost 21 years. For 21 years, we were the ones running out and everything. Yeah. And then now, it's a point where now we're the ones who are stable and so- Sudanese are coming in as refugees. And you never look at these things and just say... Yeah, like, like what are the odds? Yeah, Some are, of these things, you can't even think they actually happen. Man. Yeah, you can't think that they'll ever, ever happen. That's, you should never take anything for granted. Hmm. Like any, all these things that are happening here, you just have to like, just know, bro. It's What do you think? You think it'll calm down eventually? Yeah. Mm. The the aim the aim for for the war is for of course maybe they'll to come to a conclusion and everything to come down eventually. It's the generals fighting. Yes, yeah, it's, right? gen- it's the generals. So the the region is trying to push them for a, to sit down and 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 have a peaceful dialogue. Mm-hmm. So eventually it will come down. Yeah, they have no choice. Yeah, it's just sad that it takes it's it's taking long now. Yeah, it should it should uh, it should like be settled as soon as possible because war doesn't benefit anybody. War is a horrible thing. It's for everyone. It doesn't work out for anyone. And some of us guys who've never gone through war, we just take this thing for granted, you guy. Huh? Bruh. Until you have to carry your bag out of your apartment. You don't, you don't even carry a bag. Oh, you what, are you, what are you talking about? Bag for what? There's no <laughs> time to pack a no, bag. If you could take off your clothes to become lighter, you could definitely go for that. <laughs> Check, no, I'm also running, but I'm packing a bag. Yeah, yeah? there is no just a bag. little bag with my no, essentials. This is the funny thing, yeah. And human survival is a thing that a lot of people do not even look into it. The the other day there was like a little bit of a in Juba there was a little bit of a like tension. There was a, they were fighting for some land, and someone just fired gunshots because it was just like a land wrangle and everything, and. And you know this is a country that has seen it. We don't take the gunshots for granted. We mm. have seen it, so anything can happen. So people just started running away and all of that. People who are driving, you park the car and run. Seriously, you leave the car. So as a human being, there's a point where you are, and the only thing you can trust are your two legs. It doesn't matter how fast the car takes you. You get out of the car, sweet. You leave the motorbike, you run away. <laughs> Just in your mind, the thing that you trust is this thing. Because this uh, thing can take you to small corners, yeah, can do true. this, all that, and that's the only thing you can you trust. You can maneuver faster. You can maneuver faster. Like people, in that instant decision like this, you don't think of anything. You mm. just, it's just you the way you are and this is what matters. Yeah. It's, just, it's just you that matters. Because you're preserving now your life. Uh-huh. Huh? Ish, but okay, that's interesting, man. There's, yeah. a, there's a tweet you sent out about... Uh, okay, maybe first of South Sudanese chicks are hot, you guys. Okay, that's Kim Tone, you guys. Shit. <laughs> yeah? So there's a there's a there's a tweet you sent out about um, you know this modeling. Uh, yeah. And then they they I don't know if they add the color. Yeah. They make the cheeks look blue. Yeah, they paint. <laughs> they they paint. You say this one is not black enough. So you're like this this the, there are no cheeks like this in South Sudan. Yeah. It's like they made they made it look like they, that's how the, the Ugandan government president was out there. Saying that South Sudanese are blue. Uh, <laughs> those are the ones he said it. He really said it. Like they just make it believe like we are out there walking in the streets being blue. No, and that tweet went viral. Yeah, it did. Like it, we're not out there walking as blue human beings and something like that. Uh, yeah, it's just, it's just that. What did you call that? Like what is that? Why are they, why are they doing that? It's just that desire. Like give me this. Let me let me make it look like this. You're, you're basically modeling us, like want us to look exactly like yeah, this. Like some sort of freak. Some, yeah, some fetish. And yeah, all that. it's crazy. Because uh, now they make you blue, put some yeah. weird colored <laughs> lipstick. <laughs> yeah, it's weird, but it works. Bro, 
just go chase the bug bro if it's if it's a bug it's a bug yeah. there's nothing you can do about it but i love the it it's it, it, it created a, a lot of buzz right yeah yeah there was those like a very big conversation about um, about it and what were they saying were they agreeing with you um, they were just... a lot of people were agreeing other people were not but that's what a society is uh. yeah is uh, opposers and proposers uh. yeah I think that was one of the nice content that you like. I found you're becoming quite a voice in 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 South Sudan, right? Slowly but surely, it's it's getting it's getting more intense every year. Is it? Yeah, I think so. Time, bro. Like the <laughs> tweets you send out. The, Too much pressure now. The, the engagement is going up. You get the next ten years, you get you'll be tweeting. Hey, you'll be thinking a little before you tweet. Twitter won't be there in the next ten years. It will be X. It's actually X. It's right already now. X. Wow. But it's Twitter X. Twitter. But you're not feeling it. You're not feeling like your influence is growing slowly but surely. Yeah, I am. I am. Uh, the responsibility is also getting bigger and bigger. Mm. Um. um but yeah it's it, it goes back to also the same thing like what are, what are you, what are you choosing to use your voice for mm. what what are what are the things you stand for what are the morals and everything they defined they define you like your your craft and everything it's the things you speak about that basically you you don't you don't dig go far and we'll get stuff like you, are, you won't be telling jokes about space because you're not in the space you're here this is yeah. you this is your life this is what you have around you and these these are the values you stand for and these are things you talk about and all that but because of your trajectory uh, it's possible that you might outgrow just being in juba man in, in, in just being in juba yeah maybe you'll just have to move to new york and just represent the culture from there there is a possibility yeah mm. they, 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 there's a huge possibility because now you'll be working more your voice will be yeah amplified so to speak you know the way we respect guys who are abroad <laughs> <laughs> the guys who, who tweet uh who tweet during winter <laughs> yeah <laughs> like their opinion is what really matters you've been traveling quite a bit to australia how did that come about man uh yeah i, I went to do the the, the festivals i'm uh, uh i have a cousin he's a comedian as well emo so we met in we met in new york he came they came down to new york we hanged out for a day he was actually he was actually living Canada going to to Australia but he dropped by New York then we hanged out and then he invited me he said come to the festivals um I can help you like figure out your way around and everything um excuse me like I said most of these things are not possible to us because we don't have the information mm. so someone literally just said this is what you can do this is how you can do it and everything so I I said cool I applied for the festival got accepted for the festival you got your visa yeah i got my visa i went down there i think i got like a one-year visa i went down there i did the i did the path fringe festival i did my show there and um just the craft was just getting better the business i was understanding that because there you run your own shows you produce your own shows you run your own shows the sales like money just goes after you oh, and you everything. produce your own shows yeah produce your own shows so who's coming in no. what for your gigs now who was coming in yeah was it uh, like because you see you're not really part of the community yeah, yeah. so how's word going out that your there's actually a show being done by this so the the craft of comedy or like the performance craft in 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 those countries like okay like let me say in australia let me say edinburgh they've had festivals for so long that it's part of the things that happen in the society in the community mm-hmm. the community knows that in this month there's a fringe show happening so they go up online and they're able to treat the craft as the craft not the person mm-hmm. okay to some degree the person if Dave Chappelle is in town people come and watch Dave yeah. Chappelle and everything but there's a platform that is put out 
where I market your show, you market your show and everything, and the way I market it, how strong I go on it, will be able to bring people to come and watch my show. Mm. People who never knew me just go online, look up for shows to go and see, and then just look at this show like, oh, this is interesting. What is the show called? Looking for a visa. Oh, that's a nice name. I can watch this guy. Yeah. So the way you name your show, the artwork for your show, the write-up for your show, all these things determine. Mm. Then the marketing for your show, and then we do we do things that you drop, like spots, we do spots. Mm -hmm. So if my show is running from Thursday to, to uh, Sunday, Monday to Wednesday, I'm performing at shows. You're, you're doing sports. Doing sports. I do a five-minute killer set. Everyone loves it. I wait out, outside the, go, the gate. I give them flyers. Seriously? Yeah, it's my show. It's my show. It's my uh. show. I'm doing a full hour. So they want to see another hour of the five minutes. Yeah. So, so that's how you're marketing your show. So it's a fair ground. And, uh, and of course, if you have like an agency that's helping you figure all that stuff out, it comes even way better. Mm. You sell so many things and all of that. How did yours go? You got some good crowds, crowds coming out. I did, I did, but I, it got better with time. Oh, okay. So by the time I, when I was in Perth, I was learning a lot of the things. I was seeing. I was, I was also new. Not a lot of people wanted to have me on the spot because they didn't know if I was good or not. So I did Perth. I did uh, Adelaide. Then I did uh, Melbourne. Mm -hmm. So in Melbourne is actually where I made a lot of money. All right. Yeah, because in Perth, people are getting to know me, especially in the comedy scene. I was also getting to learn how this thing works out. In Adelaide, I didn't do my own show. I was only just doing sports, also understanding how it works out. And then when I finally went to Melbourne, I mastered this whole thing. So it was like a, cl uh, a, a crescendo. Exactly. So I just go... No, I that sold, was quite inspiring I sold out two shows in, in Melbourne. Yeah. Guy, congrats, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, it felt good. What did you feel? Bro, very good. Very good. It must have felt good. Yeah? <laughs> like, well, did you have an opener? I might suggest you yeah, coming I did. out. I did. I had like an opener, like five minutes set. Someone mm. did five minutes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. There's a South Sudanese comedian in Australia, and he's really dope. What's that guy's name? I've forgotten. He was at the Joba Comedy Festival too. The he's day. the one. He's the he's emo. That's the guy. Oh yeah. Yes, yeah, that's, that's my. Yeah, he's, actually, he's actually my that cousin. Guy. Oh, that yeah. guy's your cousin. Yeah, he's my cousin. But actually, you guys are taking all the comedy jobs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so he's, he's, he's the one who actually like brought me in and everything uh, and all of that. Yeah, no, shout out to him, man. Yeah, he's dope, dope, very, very funny guy. Yeah, so he's him, he's a citizen in Australia now. Yeah, yeah, he, he moved to moved to Australia in, uh, in, uh, in the late, I think, in the in the 90s. Oh, okay, early 90s. Yeah, uh, no, that's dope. Shout out to him. So, what are you up to now in Kenya? Are you uh, in transition as you're heading to? No, I'm going back home actually. I just uh, um, I am just here following up some documents. You're taking a break from South from No, <laughs> to be honest, I actually never wanted to come. Oh, so, for real? Yeah? yeah, I had a lot of stuff to do, but I had to come through here because I had like an appointment. I'm just working on some travel documents and everything. Uh. Yeah, then I'm going to go back home on Thursday. Um, stay there for a while, uh -huh. figure out what, is, what next I'm doing. How come you haven't come to do your one hour here, you guys? I'm actually planning to do There's it. There's a time we didn't plan for you, you yes. remember? And yes, then I remember. shit happened. I remember. Was it remember. COVID? Yeah, COVID, COVID. I spoke to, to, to Doug the last time where I was here, actually. I'm planning on doing a one hour here. I'm just still trying to figure out some other things. Um, I, I need to also understand what the rest of my year looks like. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there's so many things that are not certain where I'm going to be in the next few months and all oh, okay, that. Okay, okay. Yeah. Yeah, no, but when you're ready to do it, you make sure you come to the port. The port does some comedy fans. <laughs> They Definitely. show up for the shows nowadays. So, Definitely. Uh, so I'm sure this will be a nice place to promote it. But this, this is a good thing, man. You have your people show up to the shows now. Yeah, this, this is, is you never underestimate what you're building, bro. Man, like this ten, thing is, ten, five people. It's becoming wild, you guys. It, it is, bro. Yeah, it is. 
Yeah, you, did, you, did you see Mark G over the weekend? Damn, you guys. One million followers. One freaking million. No, I'm always mentioning Mark G. I think guys are saying I'm licking his ass. <laughs> so all the time I'm doing a pod, guys yeah. are like, man, who hasn't licked Mark G's ass today? <laughs> no, but that's really big. Huh? Yeah. Like someone creating a whole network of a million people. Yeah. You know, and, and that's why I'm, I love that we've been born during this time of the internet. Because mm-hmm. yeah? mm-hmm. you can reach people you'll never ever re- you, you yeah. could never ever reach through the mainstream media structures. Not, not, not even reach alone, bro. Like, I think we even, we underestimate the power of what we do, bro. Mm-hmm. Like, put, us, put aside all the hate, bro. Put aside all the negative energy that we give towards each other and all of that. But acknowledge the difference that we make in each other's lives from a distance. Mm. Like, the thing you do right now, yeah, yeah, there's yeah, someone yeah. somewhere in the world that it, sees yeah. it. And puts a smile on the face. Yeah, look at me getting inspired by Mark G all the way. Exactly, Africa, man. the impact you—you you never know. You might never meet him in your in, yeah. in your life, but he has put an impact in your life. Yeah. He has inspired you. No, even and you with your trips. I remember, I was talking exactly. to Justin Wonder, and we we're discussing how you see those little posts you put. Yeah. And then those little cribs, you I mean, those little clips you do. Mm. There's always someone really studying that stuff. You remember, there's you're someone. telling me you watch movies differently. Yeah. You're saying when I watch a movie, I'm I'm no longer just watching it for me. I'm I'm thinking beyond like what yeah, is this yeah. guy thinking while writing. So even when you post something, there's someone who's actually studying that and saying, "Hey, this guy he's moving like this and like mm-hmm. this, and maybe I could learn from this and also do it in my own life." And it's it's pretty dope. Exactly, exactly. Like there's a there's the audience is not everyone in the audience is just getting it for entertainment. Yes. Some people are getting it for inspirational purposes. And sometimes you don't even know you're getting inspired. Yeah. Yeah, it's just like, like a, I was telling Mamito, and that's what the conversation about watching things different. I was telling her earlier ago that, like, I I've, I want to get into the film industry so much. I want to do acting. I love acting and all of that, but I I'm, I'm in a space where not a lot of people have done it. Mm-hmm. Not a lot of movies have been shot in my country. Not a lot of things have been done and all that. And I've seen only Hollywood, but when I see Hollywood, I'm seeing complicated things. I'm seeing how hard it is to shoot this whole Fast and Furious car and everything. It's just like, how is this even happening? And then I started watching African movies on Netflix, on uh, uh, all the platforms and YouTube documentaries and all African things. And I'm getting really like closer to my dream. Like I watched this whole thing on Netflix the other day. I forgot the name. It was where these students that got like stole money from uh, the university and then they then they started fighting over the money and all of that and the, it was just shot in this warehouse just one scene oh it was just one scene one scene and they pull it off and then i'm just in juba and like, it was still engaging and engaging thrilling. and amazing i mean juba i'm like the story is the important thing so i'm getting closer to my dream i'm getting closer to my dream because i have been able to attach myself to someone that i i i can relate to mm. relatability is very important for me to to get the dream yeah. um, uh, I watch Nairobi Half, Half Life mm. um, a bunch of other things here and also South Africa and all of that those things just get you to see they inspire you and then you can go back and say okay I can do this is doable mm. all you need most of the times is that something is doable yeah, yeah, yeah you true. need to see someone rise from ashes to the greatest there's this guy who did a special using iPhones what's that guy's name that guy is dope I've yeah. his name yeah, a yeah. black guy yeah. So he went to the Apple store. He got like six iPhones or five, mm. and then he went. He did the special. Then he returned them. <laughs> and you should see that. I, I, I don't know if you've seen that guy is dope. Huh? What's his name? I've forgotten. Man. 
yeah you just share share me with the link I'll, yeah yeah I'll, I'll, I'll so and that's my attitude even with this uh, podcast because back in the day i used to think of the equipment that i need to do a night spot eh? mm-hmm. so i think of a light which will a blue light which will just be coming up <laughs> from here, here. Yeah, yeah. a sign here written kiss your nanny podcast yeah, you yeah. get yeah but there was once i went to a podcast by another guy called Mwafrika. Mm. And they're just they had this thing and they're just shooting with their phones. And you're like, I just want that thing. This is this all I need. <laughs> so I, I guess where where you are is you like they are talking about shooting a movie in one scene. So just use the resource that you have at that time. Yep. And and that's the attitude. That's the attitude that I, I have started working with. Whatever you want to do, try to do it in um how does how do I say this? try as much as you can to do it in the most available resources do not look for a drone camera <laughs> to do it mm. figure out how you can do it with the phone camera that you have in your hands mm. so that means that if you never find drone camera you can do it with a phone camera yeah, if you find it well and good yeah, god true. is there that's good but just the absence of the drone should never make it hard for you to figure yeah. it out so when you put your podcast here on your couch the thing is here the things are here everything everything you need for this thing to go on is here you'll never get an excuse not to do it the only excuse will be now laziness yeah, that point. True, yeah. but if you if you put that thing on, uh, based on um i need to get these sounds from here and there and there those excuses will always be there and you'll never be able to yeah, execute true. it yeah. yeah so even in content creation like the ideas i want to do i'm like i want to think of an idea that i can do where i can just hand you the phone and say record me mm. yeah and then you record me it 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 helps me fight the procrastination of oh i have this idea let me call the camera guy we set an appointment tomorrow let's do it and all that mm, you get the point yeah. like with the with the least resources figure out how you can still do your job yeah yeah, yeah. man so it's uh, good to have you man I've, i've enjoyed this conversation bro lovely bro it was, uh, it was a long time coming but thank you yeah. for those documents that you needed <laughs> i was happy when you reached out by the way yeah I'm like shit yeah I, i remember i was actually supposed to reach out the last time i was here and i, I just like was so busy the with that thing off. yeah it was really off and all i think i reached out but it was yeah. a bit too late yeah 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 so all the same you're around you should be coming through because this sure. part is more of conversational than interviewee oh, okay okay yeah uh, so i'm sure there's something we can riff about uh, by the time we get back 100% you yeah, guys man see you on the next one all right bro so check check out aka akao jambo yes yes okay yes, yes. Uh, follow him this man Instagram. this man is like my father like when you when you leave the house and you're a different person the father still calls you that that childhood name The, the one he gave birth to. <laughs> uh what's your at on Instagram? Sorry, Akao Jumbo. It's just A K A U N Jumbo. Check him out. Let's uh, follow this Nick and follow his story. I'm sure uh, you know I'm eventually man. I'm sure this podcast guys will be calling to ask for this footage. Yeah. Chiki, can we use the footage that you have for Akao Jumbo? <laughs> <laughs> so cheers man. See you guys on the next one. Uh, Bye. <laughs>